In these uncertain times, it can be hard to make sense of everything that is happening across the world today. This is why the registry continues to bring its grounded and informed news coverage of everything real estate, to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We are able to deliver the reliable news you trust because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at theregistrysf.com in San Francisco and theregistryps.com in Seattle. Today, we sit down with Veronica Givone. She was recently hired by Interior Architects in their London office as Managing Director and Head of the firm's hospitality practice. Veronica will drive the firm's global hospitality market efforts and develop and expand the practice and collaborate firm-wide with a bank of talented designers and architectural professionals. Veronica brings a deep expertise and a wealth of experience in the hospitality and residential sectors. Previously, a design director at a large international firm, Veronica launched their hospitality group to much success, designing notable projects throughout Europe. Veronica specializes in the boutique luxury hotel market and has led substantial refurbishment hotel projects in London, including the Westminster Curio Collection by Hilton. Additional notable clients include JW Marriott Venice Resort, Hilton Barcelona Public Spaces, and the Lowry Hotel Riverside Suites, among many others. Welcome, Veronica. People come to the San Francisco Bay Area for many reasons, a spectacular natural setting, a sophisticated lifestyle, and unique professional opportunities. Those seeking these qualities will find all that and more at Hacienda where you can work, live, and grow. A Hacienda location means having the best of everything with an easy reach, whether it's world-class restaurants, theater, and museums, the best learning institutions in the country, or some of the finest services available. That particularly applies to businesses wanting the best address to have easy access to needed resources, being among other industry leaders and knowing that you are part of a region that leads the world in innovation. The result? An unbeatable combination that leads to success. And that is what you will find at Hacienda. Find out more by visiting Hacienda on the web at www.hacienda.org. Veronica, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Good morning for you. Yes. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm well. So this is our this is officially our first international podcast interview. You are in London. In London for thirty for me. Great, yeah. and we are early here in Seattle, so uh, it's a it's a it's a Friday, and I think we're all looking forward to the weekend. Oh, yes. So, Veronica, I was um, a little, you know, perplexed and interested when I when I kind of, you know, heard about your new job. Obviously, with you know COVID, the hospitality industry was one of these industries that was probably you know hit or impacted, you know, the most. So here you are starting starting a new job as an architect for um, basically looking at the hospitality industry. So tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what, what, what your new role is and kind of what, what your background is in the industry. Yeah, well, yes, definitely indeed is a, a difficult moment for the hospitality sector. But 
you know, uh, as my grandpa used to say, in difficult moments, probably there are more chances to grow something new and different. And I hope this will be the real and the truth for me. Uh, but I'm jo- I've joined IA in early February this year after five years being in London. And I have to say that I felt in love with them immediately for the first meeting in uh, early October last year when I show up and I realize how passionate they are about people, about providing uh, experience for all our clients, how forward-thinking and forward-looking they are in terms of technology, in terms of uh, innovation. And uh, I felt very close to their philosophy in delivering a product which is designed for the people. And uh, after five years, I did this big challenge. They always wanted to launch the hospitality business because I don't know if you know, but they are one of the giants in in terms of interior architecture service and design around the world and uh, and for me it was a great opportunity first of all i i'm delighted to be on board and and why not i mean expanding the opportunities for such a huge company and trying to convert their services into the hotel world i thought it would be the greatest chance of my life and uh, also i love them so that was an easy decision i i guess <laughs> great great so and so you are officially the head of the hospitality group is that is that accurate yeah yeah i'm managing director for the hospitality and uh, i am gonna be in charge to develop and expand the practice uh, throughout global, uh, initially probably EMEA, considering my actual position, but I'm really thrilled to be able to work together with this bank of talented designers and architects and and provide great services throughout the the globe, I would like to say, yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, well, congratulations. Sounds like you're gonna oh, have a you. you're gonna have a fun uh, a fun time there. Um, so the group will be based out of out of London, but tell us a little bit about your your you know background. You've um... well, I'm actually Italian, so I always been a gypsy, and I don't know if you hear my accent. I think it's quite strong still. So I started uh, my career in 2004 after degree in Milan. Uh, I'm from Biella, which is a little town in between Turin and Milan, but I, I studied in Milan uh, interior design and, and then I moved. I decided to follow up my dreams and I moved to New York. It was supposed to be an internship for a month and then it was converted to a sponsorized visa and I stayed there for three years working for a nice little office so we're doing mainly residential and some hospitality in terms of restaurants and bar and they were providing interior design architectural services but as all the italians you miss family so after three years i decided to move back to milan and i joined one of the archistars in italy who is highly uh who was a highly recognized in hotel development. And this is exactly where I start my passion for hotel design because since my studies, I always 
wanted to create something that actually expands and change for every single project. And, uh, and this is not often possible when you're doing only private residences or residential projects. Right. So hospitality stole my heart because you need to reinvent yourself for every single project and create a new concept a new style that represent, first of all, the client needs, but then also represent the locality, the genius locale, uh, the people around the place and where we are. So it's really challenging. And then I, I worked with uh, JW Marriott. My last project in Milan was the JW Marriott uh, Resort in Venice. And then during those five years of my last career as a head of interior design for this office, the clients start pressing me to move to London because they, they wanted me to be closer. And uh, as a gypsy, I decided, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so I started looking around and uh, I did an interview late March uh, 2015 and during the interview I felt in love with the again the challenge of a new office uh, young office in London for an international company and also the possibility to create my own hospitality department with them and then I accepted the offer straight away during the interview and I moved two months later into London with my cat, all, all my belongings, everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I'm like this, I'm quite fast and furious in making the decision. And since then, uh, I've been working with architects and architectural practice. We were an architectural practice and interior design and I launched for them their hospitality business throughout Europe. So I was leading um, the interior design. I was director, design director for the interior. And we were working with Courier by Helton, yep. the, one of the recent projects, another project that I cannot mention in uh, Rome, a high luxury. And then we also realized a six-service apartment hotels in uh, Germany throughout and one in uh, Austria. And then after that, I decided to move forward uh, because they were launched and, and now I'm here approaching a new adventure. Great, great. So I would suspect hosp the hospitality industry over the last 10 years, kind of since the financial crisis in um, uh, you know, 2007, 2008, has done pretty well, like every other industry um, sector for commercial real estate. Uh, tell us a little bit about sort of, you know, globally how the industry has expanded, you know, in the in the in the last decade and, you know, how what were some of the trends that were, um, you know, emerging kind of, you know, towards the end of uh, 2019? Well, I have to say that this is quite interesting because in the last decade, I think uh, hotel design really took a twist in uh, what they wanted to show to their guests. Previously, hotel took their design inspiration from their personal brand and and the, their theme and their stanza, standards. And then they were basically very strong on what they wanted to convey. Today, since the last five, ten years, 
there is there has been a switch. They actually design for the people. They actually for the people that they're visiting their spaces. They actually create and wants to create memorable experiences. But it's not only about the place and the hotel has an asset. It's also about creating a community, creating a sense of place so even if i'm gonna travel around the world and i'm gonna choose an hotel because i will feel to be part of a new culture within a new in a, in a within a travel experience so initially i think uh the main elements that people wanted in the last 10 years to find in a new hotel in, in development was a sense of arrival which is different from what we had 10 years ago, which was really formal, corporate. You know, I I remember when I was living in, not in New York, but when I traveled with my parents in my past and when I was a teenager, I was already curious to experience and walk into hotels to look at how they were creating their spaces. But there was that kind of sense of... Mm, I'm not really sure we can have access to it. I'm not really sure we can ask to look around, you know, some sort of fear because you were walking in something so corporate and right. strong formal. identity. Formal, exactly. Today instead is informal. It's sense of arrival, connection to local culture. The design is changed because you are approaching a much more residential feel. So it needs to be timeless. It needs to be something that can adapt to every single guest and also has that coziness sense, a sense of protection, sense of cuddles. And then it creates flexible spaces, which not only attract the guests, but they can also attract the neighbors. So it's becoming a melting pot of the neighborhood or even the city. So they're becoming a destination place. This, this is the big change in 10 years. Right. So then the pandemic hits this year. Everything is kind of put on hold I suspect you know this is one of the uh, one of the sectors, along with you know retail, probably that gets impacted very quickly because all of a sudden travel stops and people are not going places anymore. You know, there's been a lot of kind of you know bad stories about what's happening in the industry and that kind of thing. I don't necessarily want to focus on on that specifically, but maybe a couple of anecdotes in terms of. You know how how drastic um, it it has been from from your perspective. Well, I have to say that together with retail, uh, hospitality industry, uh, the impact with the coronavirus was devastating. Uh, first of all, it's really sad because you know it's all depending on how how far and how much we can travel. And as soon as the airlines stopped and they be grounded, uh, everything else stopped. And this was unexpected. Sad because immediately a lot of people lost jobs. In, uh, I mean, it was impressive and it was really sad to look how giants of the world were actually forced to put people in furlough 
and then close off a lot of their properties and assets. And uh, I remember I've seen the Marriott CEO speech beginning of March and he, he touched me because you can see a man that built an empire worried about the future of his company. And this is something that I will never forget. And, you know, you I think the number, we all know the numbers. And I mean, 170% and more than 7.7 million hospitality and leisure jobs were lost during the first months, especially in US, which has been the hardest hit, considering also the size of it. But I want to stay positive because we slowly see a recovery started in China beginning of March, April, and now finally we can see some light at the end of the tunnel from everyone else. Right. And certain countries have been better at managing, uh, well, most countries have been better at managing COVID perhaps than we have in the U.S. So um, as the summer months in Europe are coming and in Asia, and, you know, that's obviously, you know, a time when a lot of people travel, uh, you know, are, are you starting to see kind of some some resilience, some kind of, you know, life back in the back in the sector? Well, I'm really confident and I'm a strong believer independently from the current situation, which is very positive in my opinion, that, you know, everyone is asking me and I'm saying, guys, we've been forced in our home for four months <laughs> and, uh, and we, it's part of who we are as human beings that we would like to travel and we would like to share and we would like to experience uh, and then as soon as everything or as soon as we will receive uh, a very strong signal that this is over, like it's happening now, we will start bouncing back. We will start traveling. We will start going initially, possibly locally for leisure and just relax and clear our mind. But also, I think it's really important for all of us and everyone is our responsibility to start traveling also as soon as this is feasible for business. Because this is the only way we can keep business up and running for the entire world. And I'm personally, well, I'm going to go home in August finally after eight months for 10 days. But I also looking forward for the moment where every, the company will give me the green light because it's safe and I can start to travel again and create business. So you can see this today in Europe. We, we are slowly bouncing back, but a lot of hotels are now opening, especially now in UK, but Italy, France, Germany, they, they already started that three weeks before us. And the, 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 the amazing numbers are coming also from US, because considering also the situation and the fact that you were hard Hard, how do you say you were impacted very badly from this pandemic? Right. Now you have 45 or 46 percent of occupancy level throughout US. And considering the past week where you had almost 10 percent, this is amazing. It means that people are starting desire to be free. That's 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 what we all are. So yes, I'm confident that this will 
bounce back and we will leave more carefully, but we will travel soon and we everything will be back. What are some of the things, Veronica, that you're seeing that hotels are doing to ensure, you know, safety to, you know, make sure that, you know, I mean, there's obviously a lot of guidance around social distancing and wearing masks, but are there some physical things that are, you know, happening inside the hotels also that will be either a new normal or or something that, you know, they'll they'll just going to have to live with uh, in the future? I think uh, I, I, this is an interesting question. I, I think there, there will be, in a short term, some implementation that we will need to apply, but I don't see them like going like social distancing and mask and whatever in a long term distance. However, I have to say that I was impressed with uh, all the brands are leading the example because they're all creating sort of cleaning process protocols to to make their guests and their and their staff feeling safe like Acker, Hilton, Marriott but I and Intercontinental I guess all of them they're working towards to to make sure that everyone who will come in into their properties as a guest will feel safe there are other elements and I discussed this into my recent blog uh, <clears throat> that we should probably consider and they, they could be applying a long term and some of these are you know I, I was talking about uh, technology because today we have the bigger brand who are sponsorizing and start using finally contactless uh, check-in check-out uh, key systems and this will probably be the new normal. So I don't see why we can actually book an hotel through our phones and check in and have our tickets on our phone. And when you walk into an hotel today, not, this system is not in place as much as it's for traveling. So tomorrow we will probably see an increase of this use. So contactless keys, you, you will have everything on your mobile phone. I guess the other element will be really important and also is uh, contactless room services. So if you consider, we can uh, order our food from our phone through an app, right? And then why we cannot apply the same system inside the hotel? So if someone feels uncomfortable to walk down the stairs and go and enjoy the people into the public areas in a short term, they should be allowed to order their food without touching anything into the room and just through their phone have a complete menu and options to be ordered. And also maybe the rise of the smart technology in the guest room, again, using your phone, which means limiting the contact and surface that you can touch into an hotel guest room. You, you can lead your blackout curtains, you can adjust your air conditioning system, you can turn on the TV, you can set up your alarm, everything throughout your mobile phone. But this is some of example. I mean, there are a lot of others. I, I, I was really surprised when I found the robot patcher Butler. Right. No, yeah. The, but how do you say it? Uh, sorry. <laughs> this is this is the um, the 
robot that's welcoming you into the yeah. hotel, I think, as you're talking about, right? Yeah, and also provide you with a, a room service to minimize the contact. I mean, this is quite extreme, and there are a lot. There is also another example of an hotel which is done all about robotic in Japan. I don't think we're gonna go round that down that path because the hotel experience is based on people and right. work and human contact. But you know, maybe we can. There are extremes, but maybe we can consider something in. In between, how can we use technology to improve the safety of the guest? This is something. Yeah, and that was going to be my my next question. Is you know, I I remember uh, the Peninsula Hotel is known for its you know when you check in, the person that checks you in actually walks you to the room, and I think this is sort of part of their kind of experience, right? And I think some other hotels try to yeah. emulate that and. Kind of, you know, now if everything's going to the phone, <laughs> you know, is the experience the app? Um, you know, what happens to the to the lobbies and to the and to the bars and to the restaurants, right? That we're all part of the kind of, you know, like you said, this experience of you know arrival, a sense of arrival, right? Do you feel that some of that will be lost if too much technology is applied? On the contrary, because uh, you know we and this is what I'm actually highly considering now, we are currently discussing around the world how workplace will change and working in offices will change. And therefore, maybe we will need less space as an office space because we will be more flexible to work from home. Okay, but if I don't want to work from home, I will need to have a hub. I will need to go in some places provided with the greatest technology that allows me to have meeting, to have Zoom, to have a team meeting and to connect with people. Also allow me to be in a private room by myself because I have a deadline and I need to prepare a document. So these, all these will become part of the next generation public areas because instead of having a reception a lobby, a lounge, a restaurant, I think flexibility inside the hotel will be the next trend. So everything will be one big social hub. Interesting. And what are some other other trends that, that you're seeing? Uh, well, <clears throat> the main impact will be in the food and beverage industry. Uh, I guess so far we are all in love about the greatest buffet that hotels are offering. But tomorrow, I'm not sure this will be another trend. And uh, how are we going to create that experience? Again, flexibility. I can, uh, I can grab something, I can order something, and I can sit anywhere into the hotel. And the other elements that I'm considering is that uh, before, in the past 10 years, we were all trying to bring the outdoor inside the spaces the green inside, the interaction with the nature. Tomorrow, it will be the opposite. We will maximize the outdoor experience because, you know, outside we can stay and we feel more safe. And, and therefore, instead of bringing the outdoor in, we will try to bring our guests outside. 
I think there will be also the rise of grab-and-go food for greatest opportunities for brands to create or restaurants to create great packaging, graphic to enhance their experience and the logo, but as well as providing support for, again, the locality the neighborhood why we cannot and and have food delivery from a restaurant into an hotel to someone's apartment around the area that will be amazing so it will be more sharing instead of waiting for people to come into the property interesting interesting and what about the various hotel brands i feel like there's been over the last decade kind of a uh, you know really an expansion of, you know, different brands. I mean, when you look at Hilton and Hyatt, I mean, they all have all these different names for, you know, very kind of, you know, niche products, if you will. Do, do you feel that will be something that maybe we'll, you know, uh, we'll see less of? Or, or is there sort of a longer term strategy there that will, that will endure? Well, uh, it's difficult to say because current, uh, well, I, uh, I, it is difficult to say they, they have increased the sub brands, uh, to, to create a, a bigger offer for the guests and for the people because we have ourselves, we have the millennial, we have the generation Z. I don't think that will change. I think they will probably start <clears throat> condensing. Uh, the expansion of the offers they will allow and and creating some something a little bit less <clears throat> how just expanded but i i i well i don't know really about that um, yeah it'll be interesting to, to it watch. will be interesting um, to see because uh, yeah, it's improving and they are all very different. They have luxury, middle upper class, family extended stay, service apartment, residence. What I can see is probably uh, branded residence will be something that luxury, that the luxury market will invest into it. So create right. apartments managed by the brand, but actually... Uh, fully available for the people to buy. Right. And I think we've seen that. I believe in San Francisco, there's a Ritz-Carlton Carlton and, a, and a Four Seasons product that, that does exactly that, which, yeah. is, which is sort of interesting. Yeah. Veronica, as you embark on your, on your new venture, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've been now in the industry for, for a while. These are, these are very interesting times for the industry overall. And like, like you said earlier, when, you know, the, the your grandfather saying is, you know, in, in, in chaos, I guess there's opportunity or something along those lines, yeah. right? Um, if you were to, you know, advise, you know, a, a, a young kind of inspiring architect who wanted to go into this business, what, what would you say to her? <sighs> Interesting. Um, well, I will say I'm, I'm a very positive person and I'm a very enthusiastic person. So if someone young coming out from university will come to me, I will tell her, I mean, this is something that grows every year. And this is something in terms of design. And this is something that in terms of design, you challenge yourself every year because you always need to create something different and provide services 
for the people and the people and the generations are changing. So you really need to look forward and to be creative, which is the basic for our work. I think, and I said this before, the industry won't be impacted for long term. The industry will be ready to bounce back. The hotels will be more designed, more thoughtful and mindful to create well-being and wellness, even more than what we were doing before. So and there will always be the design, the timeless, and even more important now than what it was five, uh, five or six years ago, is creating something that people feel comfortable, that people feel great, feel safe. So create another home for someone who is traveling for business or either for leisure. So it's exciting this this time because you can reinvent, reimagine. We have the challenge to help investors brand in how we're going to vision this future. And at the end of the day, we are all in this together. So for any industry, so helping each other in finding the right way and finding the right solution, this is why an architect in this moment is possibly in a strong position because we have research, we have technology, we can have strategy, analysis, data, and then create together something green for tomorrow. Great. Um, Veronica, best of luck in your new role. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Vlad. Thank you very much. <laughs>